Here at Kajabi, we are known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Kajabi Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience and today we're joined by Amanda Hahn, Managing Director at Keystone CPA. How's it going today Amanda? It's going great. I'm super excited to be here Jared. I appreciate you joining us and I think I think you're actually our first CPA on the show. So you you hold the honor. We have a lot of firsts. Um we're and uh, we're, we're actually we're, we got to be in the 70s now. I, like I want to say in terms of episodes, so I think that's saying something. Wow. First CPA. Yeah, you know, I'm not surprised uh that you know that I'm one of, you know, maybe the first CPA um, you know, on the platform. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, uh, let's just dive right on into it. Uh give us your 15-second-ish elevator pitch on, you know, who you are and what you do with Kajabi. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, my name is Amanda Han. I am a CPA and tax strategist, um, and I work mainly with real estate investors. So uh, what we do is we help real estate investors nationwide on how to use real estate to save massive amounts of taxes. And uh, my author, uh, also uh, my husband, Matt, and I authored uh, two books. Uh, one is called Tax Strategies for the Savvy Real Estate Investor. And then we have an advanced version of that book as well on Amazon. And um, so because of our book, we had a lot of inbound inquiry about um, education. You know, like, okay, now I read your book. I loved it. What's next? What do I do? And um, so that's kind of taking us down the path of being experts on more of the tax planning side of things. I love it. I love it. And it sounds like it was, was the book your first foray into content, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Uh, I never thought about it that way. And, um, you know, the story behind the book was actually something very interesting. My husband and I were on a cruise, just the two of us. And it was this many years ago before when, um, uh, internet was very expensive on the ships. Um, so, you know, we really didn't have much to do and we brought along with us a couple tax books to read because we're, we're kind of geeky that way. <laughs> <laughs> What I realized was um, that the books that I I was reading was putting me to sleep Uh, and I'm a CPA, right? So, so that's, you know, it's kind of like what I do when I love was putting me to sleep. And I started thinking, you know, how is like an average um, taxpayer supposed to learn about tax or enjoy taxes um, and tax planning if some of the topics out there are just so dry. And um, so just started saying, hey, what are some things I can write about? You know, like I have all these client success stories and horror stories and started putting together uh, kind of a chapter. And the rest is history. That's kind of how I got started. And like you said, first foray into content. Yeah. And I think they, these are actually some of my favorite 
favorite types of stories to where you start with this offline focus? You know, you uh, how long were you a CPA prior to starting to create the book? Oh, gosh. Well, I was probably a CPA for uh, maybe close to 10 years before I wrote the book. So I, I my experience, I, I worked in actually uh, one of the big four international public accounting firms being in the real estate industry. Uh, I mean, in the, in the in real estate specialty group. And so, um, yeah, lots of experience before writing the book. Yeah. Yeah. So was the was the book entirely physical, physical or also digital? Um, so, um, bigger pockets, which is one of the biggest, um, you know, online real estate communities, uh, was the publisher of my book. And so, yeah, so, but, so when it came out, it was, um, digital audio and, um, you know, in the physical book. So they took care of all that for me. It was nothing that I was involved with besides just writing it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that, that's great. Kind of a, a targeted publisher. And in terms of your audience, I, I, I have no idea how this works. Uh, when you work with, I, I guess a third party. Did you, uh, how did you start getting like customers of the book or how did you make that establish that relationship with those customers? Because I guess bigger pockets would have been as the publisher, maybe the ones that are building the community around it, but how did they come to you? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, what I, I, I think the way that it typically works is someone will read the book and our book is made up of just, you know, again, not like boring tax codes and a lot of numbers. It's really just stories, success stories about investors and, and again, some of the horror stories. And I think what happens is after people read the book, if it resonates with them and they start to think, wow, maybe my current tax person is not helping me with that. Or how come I've never been told about these strategies? And, and I think really um, it's on them to seek us out. And we see a lot of that, you know, people contact us and say, I read your book or, um, you know, I saw you on a podcast or you know, I found you through Amazon. Um, so, so yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of a, what ended up being a really, big marketing funnel for us, really. So you teased this out a little bit uh, earlier, but I'd love to drill into it a little bit more. Uh, As you started getting questions coming in, what would you say was the the catalyst to actually begin to start? uh, And I guess I also don't know, did you start with a course or what was the first answer in terms of all of the questions that were coming into you? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, I've actually not told this story before. So this is the first time I'm sharing it. Um, So I was actually very resistant to creating a course. Um, So I had some of my team members have been telling me for years uh, that, you know, we should really create a course. There's a need for it because not everybody needs like a one-on-one advanced tax planning. So a lot of newer investors um, who may benefit from kind of a starter course, you know, like kind of learn the basics of tax planning and doing it in a very collaborative way, you know, with other, with other taxpayers, other investors. And I personally was really against it. I felt like tax was such a personal thing that nobody would want to share about what they're doing or how much money they're making and, you know, kind of just very personal. So I was really resistant to that for a long time. And uh, one of my, uh, a, a couple of my friends who uh, were clients or probably still are clients of Kajabi. Um, they are medical doctors who created a real estate uh, course. Um, and they told me they had such huge success and, and that was something I really should try. So I kind of, you know, very slowly reluctantly said, okay, I'm going to create something small and kind of see uh, what comes of it. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. Amazing. Amazing. So uh, tell us a little bit about the the whole process of building that out. Was the course based on the book in any way or was it something entirely net new? 
Yeah, you know, it's kind of a stepping stone is the way I typically explain to people. So um, in my book, we talk about what are some of the tax benefits of being a real estate investor, right? So if you did uh, this, this, and this, then here's the potential results. And from that, uh, you know, I had people contact me and say, oh, it's great. I love the story about Jane and John, but how do I, how do I do that? What are the things that I should be doing every day or throughout the year to get those results? And that's really what the course was built on. It was kind of the next step. So now you know what the concepts are. Let's work on the how and the implementation, right? So this is a good concept. Does it apply to Jared or does it not apply to Jared? Um, so those are kind of like, I would say maybe like step two of the planning process. Okay, so almost a follow-up to the book, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. And so did most of your initial audience, would you would you say, were they your book readers? Or did you have uh, an email list built? Or how did you attract that crowd to your course? Um, yeah, I think it's both. Um, you know, for us, we're, I mean, I'm fortunate that I already sort of have a little bit of following just from people who've read the book. So yes, I think a good percentage of people uh, have either read the book or will have heard me on, you know, podcasts and things like that. Um, so usually they're reaching out because they've already identified a problem. Like, Hey, I pay too much in taxes. I need help. And my current person is not helping me. Right. So, um, it's, it's that, but I also did also have my own, you know, list of warmer leads of people who contacted me over the years, but they weren't necessarily a client yet. Um, likely because of, you know, previous prior to the course, our entry fee to becoming a one-on-one client was fairly high. So for a lot of the newer investors, they were just kind of following me for the content, but um, really not a good way to work with me more closely. Um, So that was a really great uh, opportunity for some of them to, you know, kind of be able to experience that initially through the course. Just so I can get a little bit more perspective on this, was the thought process to use the course as a way to generate more clients for your business? Or was the course the answer to, I guess, the volume of people who wanted to be one-on-one clients that you couldn't serve? Yes, it's the latter for sure. Um, because you're right. I mean, we we have only limited capacity in terms of, you know, my time and you know, my partner's time on how many one-on-one people we can work with. And um, and that was one of the reasons, like I said, my friend who um, is always with Kajabi told me the same thing. Like I refer so many people to you. You're doing them a disservice by turning people away. If you just offered a course, there'd be so many other people who could be helped by learning the strategies, you know, in, in that um, in that environment. So um, yeah, it's more of I was turning away a lot of work because I couldn't take on that work. And Kajabi was kind of the solution through the course. I could, you know, instead of one on one, we can now do one to 50 clients at a time. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about some of the challenges, the struggles, the hurdles of getting this up and running. Uh, You know, it's a little bit different where people run into these things. It sounds like you at least had a little bit of an audience to start out with. But where did you run into blockers getting your business up and running online? Gosh, you know, I think um, I, I was, again, very fortunate because... Um, I not not only did I already have a base, but I was I also had a, a friend or mentor who has been using Kajabi, so I was able to look at their course, talk to her about what worked well for them, and really kind of replicate what was done. So that I think that helped me to avoid a lot of maybe some of the you know pitfalls or issues that maybe another person might encounter with putting together a course. Um, but I think something that was a little bit um, difficult for me was 
was putting together the content. So I had all the content in my mind and I had it in the book format, but just thinking about how am I going to make it in a way that's, um, you know, easily digestible for my audience. Cause my topic again is pretty dry by nature. Um, so how to do it in a way that's, you know, somewhat entertaining or at least capturing the attention for my audience, you know, over a kind of an extended period of time because my art course is over a six week period. So kind of what's the breakout and how to keep um, people entertained. So I think I, I spent a lot of time on things like that, which ultimately I think it didn't really matter as much. You know, I thought a lot about like transitions and, and making things fun. But I think at the end of the day, what I realized was people just want the content. So tell them what they need to know. And then everything else is kind of just bells and whistles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you very, very concisely painted the picture that I think a lot of people really try to point out is that, and, and we see this uh, here at Kajabi all the time, you would be amazed at the number of courses out there that are, you know, you, they're making millions of dollars, but for all intents and purposes, we're looking at, you know, a white background with some black text and, you know, nothing more than what you maybe would expect from reading a book. The reality of it is, is that you can be successful just by providing valuable content. So do you have any any learnings, I guess, in terms of uh, you, you'd already it sounds like you already distilled some of your philosophies in the book. Um, did you apply those same learnings to actually building out your course curriculum? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, we talk in the book, we talked about how, you know, a taxpayer was very successful in saving taxes because they were able to write off a lot of their expenses. And so through the course, what we have to build on is, well, what can they write off, right? What are the examples of things they can? How do you determine whether something is uh, is something you can write off or not? And the answer to first person to person and just kind of creating resources and systems, like how do you track those expenses? What are some, you know, hacks or easy things you can put into a system to help automate that? Um, so, so yeah, the concepts are there, but the course is really just building upon that into more, you know, action items where people can actually implement it. Do you find that the course is a better, a better mechanism to teach and engage the audience or would you write another book? Yeah. You know, it, it's really interesting because, um, you know, like I said, I, for me, I was the biggest roadblock in putting the course together because I had a limiting belief that, People don't want to have a course for taxes. Um, but now, you know, even for my one-on-one -on -one planning clients, they have access to the course and I really encourage them to do it. And the reason is because the course is very, you know, you can digest it at your pace, um, whether it's larger quantities. You've, some people like to just get it all done, you know, in one sitting. Others like to do a little bit at a time. And those are the things that even with the one-on-one, -on -one, you know, consultation, I mean, we only have a certain amount of time and, uh, you know, and energy and looking at each other and talking about, you know, very complicated tax things, right? And so it's really good, you know, for my one-on-one -on -one clients to have a foundation where they have the time to go through the course and say, okay, I understand all that now. And then let's talk about what my personal questions are. Um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely helped a lot, um, you know, as a, as a supplement to the tax planning. Can we talk a little bit more about that limiting belief? I think there's something, I think there's something there. And I think it's something that anyone who's even considered doing something like this probably runs in this, into this in some shape or form. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, again, for my topic, I don't really know. So when I first started the course at the time, I didn't know any other CPAs who were doing courses like this. It was, um, you know, mostly just consulting. So like if you were looking, if you were thinking about taxes, you just think I'm going to call somebody, they're going to do my tax return. 
right? Someone's going to do my tax return. That's the end of it. So to be looking at tax planning, kind of learning about it, I think um, the the natural assumption is who's going to buy a tax course. It sounds really, really boring. Not something I want to do. Um, and so I think not a you know I was probably one of the first to kind of do a tax course specific, specifically about real estate. But now fast forward, maybe you know, maybe two a little over two years later, I know at least two three other companies um, that have courses now for real estate, real estate related tax courses. So, um, you know, there's something to be said about that, right? That, you know, several CPAs have come out and done this type of a a business model. Um, So, yeah. How how did you, how did you overcome that limiting belief though? Uh, What was there a key moment or point in time that like changed your mind or what was the, what was it that changed your mind? Sure. I think there's two things. One, we kind of talked a little bit about is just the concept of, um, limited resources. So even though I didn't think it would work, um, I was definitely facing an issue of limiting resources, meaning every day we had a lot of people calling, wanting to work with us, and we just turned them away. So this happened month after month after month. Um, and it's, you know, it's sad, right? <laughs> when you have to tell people like, oh yeah, you know, it's, I would love to work with you, but I can't, or, you know, you're on a wait list for a year from now or six months from now. So that was kind of an immediate problem that I had to try to resolve. And, um, the other part of it was kind of like, well, we know the problem is there. So let me just try the course. You know, it might not work. People might hate it, but maybe I'll just do a little pilot with, um, you know, a few people that I think are kind of fans of ours, right? To say, Hey, do you want to test this out? I'm going to roll this out. You tell me if you really like it or not. And so with that, you know, what could we lose, right? It was a little bit of our time invested to produce the content and the materials, but I just felt, you know, worst case scenario, if nobody buys it, it will be valuable to my existing clients. You know, it's just resources that they can use. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if nothing else, it seems like you could use it as an onboarding resource as you're taking yep. on a, another one-on-one client. Yeah, exactly. Can we talk a little bit about... Uh, it, even whether it's specifics or not, even just the psychology behind how you chose to price the course. Uh, that's another big challenge, I think, for anyone who's just getting started, um, probably not just just not just for courses across the board, pricing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was your philosophy and how did you decide on how to price your your particular product? Gosh, yeah, it was very difficult because, again, I didn't have uh, I didn't know other people at the time who were doing tax courses. So um, just trying to gauge, uh, I think for us, it was try to gauge it based on value. Right. So if someone went through this program with us, like at a minimum, what are some of the tax savings that they that they can expect to generate um, and then pricing it accordingly based on that. Um, so I actually have two courses. One is our, our flagship course, the first one I created. And um, and after we created that uh, I, we decided to quickly create another like starter course or mini course. Um, and, and that was, we decided to do that because we wanted kind of a lower entry, lower entry barrier type of course so that people can experience what that was like, right? Again, because tax courses is not like readily available. People aren't, you know, seeking that out. And, um, so really just kind of having, giving people that little insight sneak peek into what that would be like. Okay. Okay. Very cool. And, uh, was there any, any factors that drove you to do that outside of just making it more accessible? Did you find that like sales started to stall or did you have people reaching out who couldn't afford it or? 
Yeah, great question. So the reason we decided to do that kind of mini course is because um, so we have a, a sales manager. And you know, so so her she had to pivot a little bit because historically her she would sell our services. You know, you get to speak with Amanda for one-on-one, right? And then had to pivot from that to well, you along with 50 other people will be able to speak with Amanda. Um, and and so a lot of the feedback she got was like people didn't understand what that meant. Like I called on what you do my tax returns. <laughs> Why are we talking about a course? Right. And so she was actually going to say, you know, let's just put something together. So people understand like what that, what that looks like, you know, what kind of stuff we're going to be giving them. So really our mini courses is providing value, teaching people like what is tax planning? What are the possible benefits? Um, and then giving them a glimpse into what is actually covered in the course. Okay. Okay. So is it, is it primarily, does the court mini course in and of itself deliver any type of specific outcome for the, the, uh, course taker, the student? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the, uh, one of the tools within our, our mini course is a, uh, what we call tax opportunity finder. So it's a self-assessment because one of the questions I get all the time from people is like, um, am I overpaying in taxes? And for me, I can't answer that question because unless I'm working with you, right? So uh, we took the time to kind of put together a list of questions uh, for this self-assessment so that from an investor's perspective, they can answer these questions and be able to get a result. So the result will be, you know, you're, you're likely doing really great already. You might have some room for improvement or you definitely, you know, need to get some help. Um, and also at the same time, gives them insight into here's some of the areas where I'm weaker, right? So here are the things I should maybe um, get better at. Like I might be missing out on deductions or I might be having like the wrong legal entity or whatever it happens to be. So that's the takeaway from the, from the mini course. Got it. And, and uh, how are you continuing to find customers for both the mini course and the, the flagship course? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So um, I really love uh, within Kajabi, I really love the affiliate program. Um, I think the first year I, I didn't utilize that, you know, again, just kind of my own limiting belief. Like, I don't know if anybody wants to help me become my salesperson or whatnot. And um, so it's only really in this past year um, that I decided I'm going to do more focus on the affiliate program. Um, my husband and I do a lot of podcasts uh, with other, you know, real estate experts and just people in the industry. Um, so I just kind of made it a habit, you know, after I get on the podcast and I just send an email saying, Hey, I know you're going to showcase me if you want, here's your affiliate link. Um, and so if somebody buys something from my course and you'll get you know, uh, a referral commission. And so just kind of building that into the system because we're already doing podcasts anyways with other people. So might as well give them the opportunity. Um, and I've never had anyone come back and say, no, I don't, I don't want to be your affiliate. <laughs> well, for what it's worth on this end, we will not use an affiliate link, but we will put all of your information into our show notes so they can find you <laughs> and check it out. I don't know if we'll be the first, but we definitely want to promote what you're doing as well. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think I, I like how that whole affiliate program works and that's just very automated. You know, there's nothing that I really need to be tracking or the affiliate needs to be tracking. Cause a long time ago when I was, um, you know, thinking about the course, uh, you know, with my friend who was using Kajabi and she was like, well, if I refer people to you, how do you know? And with my old website, my old CMS, like I didn't know. <laughs> Like, I don't know, people tell me you refer them, then I know. Um, but with Kajabi, there's, you know, it's already built in. 
Right. So there's nothing that I have to track or or anything like that. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, where did you, where did, where did you come from? Where did you navigate to Kajabi? Where did you navigate to Kajabi from? Where did I come from? (laughs) Yeah. So my old website was, uh, it's actually specific for CPAs. So it's called CPA Site Solution. Uh, It was really great in the beginning when we first started out our firm because it had a lot of uh, what I consider like generic content, you know, generic like tax calendars and, you know, five tax tips kind of for everyone. But over the years, as, um, you know, as we built our firm, we're very niched in real estate. I stopped using a lot of that kind of generic CPA content anyway. So by the end, you know, my website was, was very, um, kind of self-created already, but, but it was, there's all limitations in terms of just aesthetics and where I can move things. So I really love that about Kajabi. So I came over, it was like, oh, now there's all these other things that I can do and add in animations that was missing from kind of my old, you know, boring uh, CPA (laughs) website. And of course I had um, constant contact as my um, database management and there's no interaction between the two. So it was a lot of, you know, just back and forth stuff which I hate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wonder, was it, I I could, I'm just guessing here. I don't know shade on any CPAs, but I imagine the bar is probably not outrageously high as it comes to like visual presentation. Uh, Did that, was that a competitive edge for you? Yeah, yeah, I definitely, it's so funny you say that because earlier, um, you know, we're doing some social media stuff and one of the girls said, oh, are we changing our website? Uh, and someone else here said, no, I, we love our website. We don't want to change. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, uh, just just bringing this all together, uh, what an incredible journey as a CPA who builds a course, uh, learned a lot in that process. You've now, you know, have two out there. Um, can you tell us just uh, what has changed for you as a result of doing this? Uh, and yeah, I guess just taking this leap into, uh, you were an entrepreneur before, so I don't want to say like uh, this entrepreneurial leap, but just um, a pivot that maybe most other CPAs to your point are not, are not making. Yeah. 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 I think for me, it's, I mean, it's, it's a pretty significant game changer, you know, I mean, with the course, we're able to leverage our time and resources a lot more. So, um, I think this year, by the end of the year, we probably will have helped maybe close to two, 300, um, investors just solely through the course. Um, and something we didn't talk about too, is, you know, sometimes we'll always have people who go through the course and then feel like, I still want to do more one-on-one planning. So then they might choose to then upgrade to our higher dollar services. Um, and again, those were just, you know, the course revenue before for the last how many ever years when we were turning people away were just money that, you know, we didn't earn any of it. You know, I, I make a lot of, I have a lot of great friends who are CPAs um, because I refer all this work out to them. <laughs> And so Kajabi's really, you know, through the course has helped us to kind of retain some of that, um, that, you know, inbound lead generation to really turn into clients that we're going to be working with for years to come. Sounds like you almost need an, an affiliate set up for all of your, uh, all of your referrals, CPAs you're referring to. <laughs> I, I should, I should. I think we need to get them all on Kajabi as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's a good idea for you, but I'm interested also in your ideas on what's, what's coming next for you. Is there an, the next iteration of the course planned or anything in the future that we should be aware of? 
Yeah, so I'm currently working on, I don't say currently because I'm planning on uh, doing it in January, but in my mind, I'm already currently, yeah. it's currently in my mind. Um, the next course I uh, will be launching is going to be uh, tax saving strategies for short-term rental investors. So we're having to see a lot of people in the short-term rental space with Airbnbs, Verbos, um, and so just like a, another niche area where a lot of people have questions and need planning help. Um, so I'm really excited to do that. I think we'll do a little bit of a different take on that. So our current flagship course is a six-week program. Um, and for the short term, because it's even more niche of a topic, um, I'm, uh, my plan is to do it as a two-day course. So we'll have content, live Q&A, content, live Q&A, so that our um, investor clients can kind of get everything in a more compressed time frame. So uh, I'll be testing it out to see if that works better than over a couple of weeks. But yeah, I'll be happy to come back and let you know. <laughs> Ooh, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Well, uh, for anyone who is interested in learning more about either your existing or maybe upcoming courses, uh, what is the best way for them to find you? Yeah. Um, so my company is called Keystone CPA. And um, so our website, keystonecpa.com is the best place for tax updates and things like that. Uh, I personally am also all over um, social media, but you can find me most frequently on Instagram, uh, Amanda Han CPA. So um, I provide some tax tips um, and also, you know, pictures of what I'm doing, my kids, what I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> all the fun stuff too. <laughs> yes. I love it. Well, we'll, of course, have that in our show notes for all of you as well. Um, with that said, thank you so much, Amanda, for sharing uh, your journey of building your Kajabi course with all of us today. Really appreciated the learnings you were able to share. Yeah, thank you. I'd love to come back and uh, let you know how my education arm grows in the coming years. Yes, yes. Let's do it. Well, with that said, that is all we have for you this week. Uh, we will look forward to seeing you all next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast. As a reminder, leave us a review, leave us a comment. We love reading them. Uh, but a big thank you to all of you for listening. We'll see you next time.